This the remix. And one other thing, uh, there was, uh, I guess, back when you faced uh, Baker in college, and I think the pregame, he was talking a little trash to your teammates and said, you forgot who your daddy is, going to have to spank you. And um, you guys had a good showing that day, but uh, that, that personality that you got from Baker there, you saw from Baker there, and it's kind of maintained the last few years in NFL too. Uh, is that something you want to continue, that, that, that edginess? Of well, I have to tell you, David, the story. I got to tell you the story how it really happened. Uh, so I'm in the locker room, and you know we're not very good at the time. I think we're 0 and 3 or 0 and 4. And they said, "Hey, there's a fight. The DBs and and Baker almost just got into a fight." And I came storming out. You know, I went after the officials, and I'm like, "I want, you know, I want 15 yards on him." Da 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 da. And Charlie Brewer, uh, my freshman quarterback at the time, who was redshirting, wasn't even playing, who ended up being my starting quarterback, you know, later that year and for two years, a great player, went to Lake Travis and uh, he, he actually walked over to me and said, "Hey, Coach Baker didn't start that fight. I did." <laughs> so, so it's a little, it's a little Lake Travis uh, uh, thing that you know they they, they 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 breed competitors there. I can promise you that. You just crushed my dreams. Boom, sadness. That's the one. <laughs> Joining us now, the best investigative reporter at the Review Journal is Adam Hill. Um, do you feel like your career has uh, been completed after your Foster Morrow story? Um, I mean, it's a highlight, but I think we're just striving for highlights every week, right? I mean, you you hit the singles and the in the doubles, hoping to get that home run. Jeez, I'm, I'm hoping to get a bunt every now and then. <laughs> Never mind a double. Um, do you feel like you did uh, right by the Moreau, Moreau family by getting the proper pronunciation put out there? Uh, yes, I do. But I also, I mean, I feel like I created way more controversy than I needed to because I don't know if you witnessed my Twitter mentions the next day, but it was a lot of people attacking me and saying nobody has ever said Foster Moreau. That's just a lie. Oh, everyone in the world said it. And they were like, you're the only one that's ever said it wrong. Why are you making this a big deal just because you're an idiot? And I was like, I, I don't think that's true. I think everyone, <laughs> including his teammates and coaches, have called him Foster Morell. So I, I think, yes, I'm happy to get it out there. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that it started a trend because now we got Trayvon Merrick as well to uh, let us know what his pronunciation is. And I think we're just going to do this for every player. Uh, I don't know if you can take credit for this, but Saturday or Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah. Mark Kanya is Kanya or whatever it is. So, yeah, the, maybe you did start that trend, and now we're just going to get every Have athlete. you called his father? <laughs> Lyle <laughs> Kanya? <laughs> let's, also, let's also give credit where it's due. I mean, this is a Will Compton thing, right? I mean, he started it, started it, but I don't think Will Compton find, found Lyle Moreau. Morrow, no. God. Oh, oh exactly. I'm, On the field as well yet the other day with you, and, you, and you're the one who broke the story. <laughs> it's a tough habit to break, let me tell you. Wait a minute. What What did the father of Foster Morrow say when you called him and started asking him questions about how to pronounce his last name? Uh, he laughed. He said, he said, this is becoming a really big deal, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a terrible impression, but he's a very Southern gentleman. Uh, yeah, he just said, you know, it's one of those things that it's been wrong, and they've just kind of laughed about it, and it hasn't really bothered them. They've just gotten used to it. And he said the same thing that, that Foster did. It would be a much easier flowing name if it was Moro. Excuse me, if it was Moro. God, I cannot. I, I Moro. 
if it was Moreau, it's easier to say Foster Moreau. It flows better. And they said, so they just kind of allowed it to happen. And as Ed loves and just laughs about every time. Oh, it's a great quote. This, this great Southern expression of just say it how you want and let's get on down the road. It's, 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 it's an all-time quote. That quote alone is going to win an award for that story. Never mind the actual Moro Moreau. Get on down the road. <laughs> um, all right. I have a stat for you, uh, Adam. Thanks to Charles McDonald, who joined us earlier, inspired us to look this up. The Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals record. Each season since Kyler Murray has been their quarterback, before Call of Duty comes out, they are 15-7-1. After Call of Duty comes out, they are 9-17. and Sounds like a problem. <laughs> Sounds like one you need to contractually obligate him to not play Call of Duty. I mean, look, it's... Uh, there has to be better ways than to put in a contract, I would imagine, uh, because you know this is going to get out and you know the mockery and the criticism that's going to come. Uh, but it's become enough of a problem that they had to do something. And it, it's great for all of us. It's hilarious. It gives us great content and things to laugh about and memes and everything else. Uh, but it is an embarrassing situation, I think, all around for everybody there. But but who lets it out, do you think? who, who how, how does he get the... Uh... The screenshot of that clause in the contract. Um, that was clearly the team trying to embarrass yes. him. I thought it's obviously not him or his agent. How how pathetic would that be if he actually admitted that? <laughs> yeah, well, he he listen. He has talked before about not really being a tape guy. Uh, that he's more reactionary, and um, like the, I've encountered this in in other sports and MMA in particular. There's been a long, you know, which I covered for a long time. There's been a long debate about tape study and that sort of thing, um, and analytics, really, in the MMA world. Like, there was a coach that came along that had that had such advanced analytics in terms of studying opponents to where you would say, look, if you, if you put this guy on his back and you lean to the left side of his body, 87% of the time he's going to try to escape right. And he had all these numbers. And it was, I thought it was going to be kind of revolutionary, and a lot of the fighters just said, it's too much, right? It's, you know too much information, you have too much there, it takes away what happens reactionary in a fight. And, and I get that aspect of it, like, it ruins your instincts and what you've tried to do, but quarterback is a whole different world. Like, you do have to understand pre-snap reads and what teams are trying to do to you before the snap and then what they do after the snap and disguising coverages. And So I get, I get where Kyler comes from in terms of the I'm more of a reactionary person than a tape person, but as a quarterback, you kind of have to mix those worlds. You have to be a tape person to some level. I believe in Call of Duty, when you get killed, they'll show you a quick like five- to six-second replay of how you got killed. Do you think Kyler Murray's watched more uh, tape on Call of Duty or NFL games? Are you in line at Dutch Bros? No, no, no. I was dealing with security at the uh, Raiders facility. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. 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 So, Did we just get x-rayed? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So here's my question. I'm pretty sure in Call of Duty, when you die, you get like a five second replay of, hey, here's how you died, moron. Um, do you think Kyler Murray has watched more Call of Duty film or NFL film? Oh, Call of Duty. <laughs> I mean, look, you have a whole off season. You've got all these off days. That's what you're doing all day, right? I mean, 
I, I think I, I might have talked about it with you guys. I know I've talked about it on, on our show that uh, right out of college, I was I had a pretty bad video game addiction. You did. Like it was out. It was out of control, and it was. And it, the reason was that I was, you know, for the first time in my life, I had like a scheduled day. Like in college, I was going to school, but also, you know, the sports editor at the UNLV paper. I was interning at the RJ. I was working all the time, and then all of a sudden. I had an eight-hour shift that I was working every day, and it was, here's your eight hours, and the rest of the 16 hours are yours, and there's days I would get home from work at midnight, I was working 4 to 12 at the RJ, get home after midnight, sit down, eat dinner, start watching, you know, start playing a game, and I would I would look up, and it was like 2 in the afternoon, I have to go to work again. It was crazy. <laughs> and it's one, of the, it's one of the reasons, I mean, people joke about all the, all the stuff that I do, and, you know, I'm working all the time, it's one of the reasons, like, I don't know what to do with myself when I'm not constantly working and so i started doing radio i started producing a show i started doing all kinds of stuff on the side i was i was stringing on on other things helping out all these other people because I, I needed to occupy my time because if i wasn't i was going to play video games all the time so i i kicked it i just got rid of all the games but like this can't happen it is a thing that, that kind of takes control of you and for me it was grand theft auto 3 i guess for kyler murray it's, it's call of duty i was gonna say was that your go-to Oh, GTA 3 was incredible. Crazy Taxi was also awesome. Uh, for people that remember that game, you were just a taxi driver picking up people, dropping them off, listening to music. It was fantastic. This sounds like the lawnmower simulators that I see no, on TikTok. No, Crazy Taxi is more arca- arcade style. It's not actually yeah. like, yeah, it's not like oh, a, a okay. simulator. Okay. This, this, uh, listen, I see you get these to TikTok like, dr- You can drive through like grass. yards and stuff. Okay. All right. There, there is, by the way, breaking news. Got, first of all, the security guy is still just waiting for me, so this is fun. Uh, I, I, the breaking news is that I gave up video games like 15 years ago, maybe. Uh, I've just ordered my first system sense oh boy really you're getting back yeah. into it you never sleep as it is i know but it's too tempting i'm getting i got the uh the meta quest too oh okay it's too tempting yeah you went 15 years i know but you... i'm back in this is going to be amazing i can't wait so oh what are you excited to play uh there's a uh there's a football simulator where you kind of you're it's a virtual reality basically yeah. headset that you're inside of uh the boxing game i'm definitely in on uh, the football simulator where you're the quarterback and you're scanning the field, making the right reads and the throws. I'm very in on that, too. Isn't Kyler uh, Murray in a commercial for that? Isn't he, he might be. Isn't he in a headset commercial throwing footballs? I think that's a head yeah, and they, shoulders commercial. <laughs> Is, it's not the VR. Oh, so head and shoulders even knows about his video game addiction. All right. Uh, Adam, before we let you go, can you explain the joy it brought you when Cassie Soto missed the food trucks pulling up to the Raiders facility? Oh, I'm not going to rub that in. That's a, that, that was devastating for her. She was crying, I think. <laughs> Which, and I think one of them was like donuts. Yeah, it was the Pink Box Donuts. The Pink Box Donuts shop. Yeah, it's her favorite thing that she tweets them all the time to try to get the trucks to come out here. And they finally do, and she's not here. Oh. I, the, the thing that really does make me sad, though, is that she'll, she'll probably be here for the next one, which... I really want her to miss every single Even if time. she's not working, she'll head out there. <laughs> yeah. And then there was there was scandal because somebody brought in donuts from somewhere else yesterday. Or was it two days uh, ago? Yesterday was off. And uh, and there was controversy. People saying they're actually better than Pink Box. Wait a minute. wouldn't know because she didn't get either. Wait a minute. You're not going to give the kid credit? Who did? You did it? Yes. I like to bring, <laughs> I I like to bring the sweets in every once in a while to like, share with the group. <laughs> I didn't know it was you. I didn't see you bring them in. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I got there before. You know, you, you you try to you try to be the team player once in a while. Wow, look at this! Nice. I heard they were good. I didn't I didn't try one, but I heard they were good. Yeah. All right.
Enjoy practice, Adam. It'll be out there soon. I'll if see it, you out if there. If we can navigate the close down 215. Yeah, can you guys apologize to this security guard and say that it's, it's your fault, not mine? Yeah, you can blame us. Just tell him it's Tyler okay. and Jared's fault. Thank you. All right. Nice. See you, Adam. Right. Yep, bye. All right, hold on, Ed, before you go. You brought donuts for everybody? What kind of donuts? Just Krispy Kreme? Like... No, uh, Voodoo. Oh, wait, we yeah. have Voodoo Donuts in yeah. Vegas? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. This well, is pretty good. every once in a while, people take turns yeah. doing this. Okay. So, you know, when you feel it's your turn, you got to step up. So there's no coordination on this. There's no coordination, but wow. people take Somebody turns. Somebody just shows up. People bring in other things and stuff like that. So you you gotta you gotta like have your turn. Wow, media, very yeah. nice. To media, each other. very nice to each other. Exactly. I mean, is it a coincidence? I knew Cassie wasn't working. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> that's I knew she the was best off. answer. I knew that's, she was off on the weekend. That's the best answer you've given <laughs> so far. Absolutely. All right, Ed's gone. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. The rules of Scrabble are simple. First, each player pretends to mix the tiles while trying to feel for the letter A. Bischoff's briefs. The game does not officially begin until one player reminds all the others that the first word scores double. That player is known as the Scrabble Jackass and is then handed the box top for any further rule clarifications. Bischoff's briefs. Players then take turns laying down words until someone does a bad job hiding the fact that they drew a blank. Bischoff's briefs. Upon seeing the blank draw, each player must make a bad joke about the tiles in their possession. Bischoff's briefs. Play continues until each turn takes longer than open heart surgery, and the game ends when one person uses the last of their letters. Even though at this point no one likes that person, they're still referred to as the winner. Bischoff's briefs. And that's how you scrabble. Coming up, we got tickets to the Evo Championships out at Mandalay Bay. Uh, that'll be in... About 20 minutes, we'll give away those tickets. Danny Wexelman will join us in 10 minutes to talk some baseball. But Bischoff's briefs today. We have a new team to enter into, uh, I guess we should call it the Las Vegas sweepstakes. Teams we can dream about moving to Las Vegas, like the Oakland A's. Mm. This is the Oklahoma City Thunder. More of a nightmare. So the Thunder are supposed to be getting a renovation for their current arena in Oklahoma City, somewhere in the neighborhood of $100 million to be spent on renovations. But the mayor of Oklahoma City is trying to stop that because they might just build a new arena instead. He said, obviously, we want a long-term relationship with professional sports in this city. And to do that, you have to have facilities that are current and competitive. That sounds a lot like the mayor of Oklahoma City hinting at the Thunder leaving Oklahoma City. Now, the story that this is in the Oklahoman, uh, they did write, neither the mayor nor the Thunder indicated whether the team is hinting at leaving without improving its playing accommodations. Now, one thing before we get to the Vegas angle, it is incredible when sports teams get public officials to make their threats for them. We often see the owner or like commissioners. We've seen it with Rob Manfred and the A's threaten that a team will move out of a city unless they get public money. But when the mayor of Oklahoma city does it for the thunder, the team doesn't even have to be the bad guy. They don't even have to say it. The mayor said it for them. So the Oklahoma city thunder 
Uh, they make a lot of sense as a relocation team for Las Vegas. Um, oh, by the way, one other point on Oklahoma City. They opened that arena in 2002. It's a 20-year-old stadium. Um, so that's apparently old now. Get ready in, what, Jeez. 2038? The Raiders will be coming by asking for a new stadium and the Golden Knights, like, 2035 or whatever that is. But 20 years, that's about as old as things get before they start asking for new stuff. But the Thunder make a lot of sense for relocation for Las Vegas. First off, one of the big topics, this happens in college sports, this happens in professional sports, TV market. How big of a market are you? Nielsen, media market rank, Oklahoma City is 42, Las Vegas is 41. We're actually ahead of Oklahoma City. They would not be taking a step down. This is this is always going to be an important conversation when it comes to teams moving. It's a surprise that we got the Raiders to move out of a top 10 market to a not even top 40 market in Las Vegas. But it's always going to be harder to get a team that's in a big market to move to a smaller market. And Las Vegas, even though we've got a bunch of tourists, we're still a smaller market. TV dollars are very important for all sports in the United States. So it's going to be hard to land a team from a big market. Oklahoma City is not a big market. Hell, they'd be a slight upgrade coming to Las Vegas. So that would not be a problem. And then beyond that, this doesn't maybe isn't as much of a problem if a team really wants a new arena and really wants to move, but Oklahoma City Thunder weren't a team until 2008. You're not exactly uprooting a lot of history to do that, right? It's a lot easier to sort of rebrand and move a team that has less than two decades of a history, right? They ditched everything with the Seattle Sonics. They're just the Oklahoma City Thunder since 2008. It's a lot harder to rebrand if a you know an iconic team moves. That's maybe why the Lakers are the Lakers, despite not being in Minneapolis anymore. But like, if you get the Oklahoma City Thunder moving to Vegas, you can rebrand, and then it'll basically feel like an expansion team here in Las Vegas because I guess they got a bunch of young guys right now. The move would probably be like five years in the future, so you assume they'd be good. They'd use those picks at some point to actually get good. But that's another reason why this would be easy. Also, very minor reason, but already in the Western Conference. You put a team in Vegas, they need to be in the West. Like That makes it even easier. You don't have to move teams around, even though that could be easily solved in the NBA with like Memphis, New Orleans, and Minnesota potentially moving to the East. But overall, the Oklahoma City make a lot of sense to relocate to Las Vegas. If they decide they want a new arena, if they threaten Oklahoma City, if Oklahoma City's not willing to give them money, then Las Vegas would ultimately make a lot of sense. So here's the prediction for on my end for Oklahoma city, the thunder are going to push for a new arena. Hell, maybe the mayor will for them, whatever, but there's going to be a push for a brand new arena, not just renovations, but a brand new arena. And at some point in that process, Las Vegas will be mentioned as a relocation spot at some point, an Oklahoma city city council meeting or whatever meetings they have out there. The name Las Vegas will be brought up. Maybe the team goes all in like the Oakland A's did and send their president to Las Vegas 47 times in a month and be like, oh, I'm at a Golden cool. Knights game. Look how great We're going to have Vegas the president is. of the uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, City Thunder. Thunder on the show. Yeah, we will. He'll come on this show and talk about how great Las Vegas is. He'll talk to the Review Journal every time he comes and say, oh, what a great city. He'll take little tours and be like, oh, I can envision a basketball arena here. All that. They could do all that. That's the full Oakland A's process there. Um Maybe they're a little more subtle. Maybe they're not as heavy-handed with it. But then we'll find something out. And this is the key to basically any team that could potentially move to Las Vegas. Is Oklahoma City willing to spend money 
to keep the thunder in Oklahoma City? Is that city or county or state, whoever it ends up being, is somebody willing to pay money for Oklahoma City Thunder to have a new arena in Oklahoma City? That's going to be the important question anytime we talk about relocation for Las Vegas and the NBA, and honestly, for any sport, because to get a relocation team, normally it's going to be about stadium drama or created drama by the team, right? A team wants a new ballpark, stadium, arena, whatever it is. That's going to be at the crux of pretty much any relocation team to Las Vegas. It's why the Raiders are here. It's why the A's might move here. It just happened to play in the same crappy stadium, both of those teams. But if the current market is willing to buy them a new arena, the team's not moving. Because reloc- I mean, relocation is not like an easy process. I don't think anybody truly wants to relocate an entire franchise. But if you get a brand new stadium out of it, you will. That's what the Raiders did. The Oakland A's don't want to move to Vegas if they can get a new stadium, new ballpark in Oakland. The Oklahoma City Thunder, if Oklahoma City is willing to pay for a new arena, they're not going to move to Vegas. They're going to get their new arena, Oklahoma City, and that's where they're going to exist. So that's going to be the key for any team. However, if the mayor's like, oh, we got to give them money, and whatever public body has to make this decision says, eh, we don't want to give them 500, 600, 700, or whatever it's going to cost million dollars for a new uh, arena, then it becomes a reality. But that's always going to be the key. If a team's current market wants to give them money for a stadium or an arena, they're not moving to Vegas. But if they don't, if it's an Oakland A's scenario where they've got to go through a two-year process to get money, it's a Raiders scenario where they can't get any money, <laughs> then they could legitimately move here. And we'll see. I don't know anything about Oklahoma City. I don't know anything about their city council. I don't know how willing they are to do this. It's a pain in Oakland. It's apparently not a problem in Buffalo. Buffalo was willing to give the Bills a whole bunch Jeez. of money, gave them more than we gave the Raiders. I don't know how I don't know how Oklahoma City feels about giving the Thunder a bunch of money. My uh, uneducated guess is they would be willing to give them money because it's the only pro sports team they have, right? If they lose the Thunder, yeah. they they don't have pro sports. Now, it's Oklahoma. It's like they can Green be, Bay, Appleton. Right. It's Oklahoma. They could be like, well, we got the Sooners and the Cowboys. We got college sports. I imagine it's a lot like the Southeast where I grew up, and that's a bigger deal than pro sports. But I'd have to guess they would be more willing than most to say, well, we don't really want to lose our one team, right? It took Take Oakland as an example. The Warriors moved, not out of the area, but moved out of the city. The Raiders moved completely out of the area, and it took losing all three teams, or the threat of losing all three teams, for them to realistically consider giving the Oakland A's money. Like, I, I think the only reason the A's might get money here is because the other two teams left. If the Raiders and Warriors were that's, still in Oakland, they're probably laughing at the A's. That's such, a, that's such an A's move, too, like... Hey, you're stuck with us. Right. They just waited out, say, all right, we'll keep playing at this crappy place. But once everybody moves, they have to give us money at the end of the day. And I think that might have been part of the game plan. And then we're going to go to Vegas 46 times and pump up Vegas. We're going to be like, ooh, what a pretty location this could be. And then eventually they get money because they can't stand losing all of them. All right. Coming up next, Danny Wexelman joins the show. The 2 0 pitch. To the press box summer edition. Joining us now is Danny Wexelman. You can hear on Sirius XM Radio, typically tomorrow, two to three p.m. Good morning, Danny. How are you today? Good morning. Good afternoon. I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. 
All right. Trade deadline is still uh, a little ways away. Not too far, but a few days here before we actually get to the deadline. If you were putting together the team that could offer the best package to the Nationals, who do you think it is? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think it's it's the, the All-Stars from, uh, you know, you, you've got to have what, I can't even think of the movie I'm trying to think of right now. Let me start this over for you. I'm sorry. It's morning Space for Jam? you. Apparently, it's still morning for me here. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, what I'm trying to say is I don't know if, if there is one team. I think that you look at – I've heard the Giants. I've heard the Padres. I've heard the Cardinals. A lot of people want to talk about the Yankees and the Mets. You've got to be willing to give up two to three major prospects plus, I think, one to two ready MLB players. So I think I'd like the Padres in on that. I do like the Giants. I don't think that that seems like a thing that the Cardinals would do. Don't, they don't normally go for big moves like that. But you've got to be ready to empty out your farm system and, and put all your cards on the table to get a guy like Juan Soto. And he deserves it. He should be worth an entire farm system, to be honest. But I would say I, I like the Padres. And I'll throw one in for you, actually. I was thinking about this. I'll throw the Mariners in there. I never put it past jerry depoto to do something wild and crazy like this so i'd say the mariners could be in on that too my main thought on this is that he's not going to get traded before this deadline (sighs) mainly because the nationals have plenty of time because he's not like a free agent and they're not going to get the actual offer that they want for juan soto in the next week or so yeah, that's so interesting. I like that you make that point, and I think it could be true. But I also do think that maybe they just want to get this over with and move on and move ahead and start to get those guys into their farm system or get their major league guys on the field. You're right. It, this is all in play. And also you have to remember that the ownership for the Nationals could change over. How does that affect where Juan Soto goes? Do they want to trade their franchise player, a, a potential first ballot Hall of Famer, if he continues on the path that he's on? Or or do they also let him go and try to reap the benefits as far as money goes? Outside of Soto, uh, who's the name you're most interested to see if they move or where they move at the trade deadline? I've been talking a lot about Josh Bell uh, with the Nationals. I'm excited to see where he lands as far as the DH package goes because I, I think that he's going to be a huge addition to any team's staff. I'm ex- I'm interested to see where Andrew Benatendi goes from the Royals, left-handed bat, unvaccinated, so <laughs> not sure how that plays into the Yankees going and getting him. I think the Yankees have five more games with the Blue Jays this season. One of them, I think, is on the road, one of those series. So back to Toronto. I will say, too, we've been talking about Frankie Montas with the Athletics and Luis Castillo from the Reds for a very long time. I was surprised that Montas was still in an athletics uniform when the season started. The athletics had that fire sale. So I'm, I'm super excited to see who picks up those arms. And then, and then I think for the, the bullpen guys too, I'm, I'm looking at David Bednar, Daniel Bard, uh, two of the guys I think they could help out any team, Gregory Soto with the Tigers too. I think those are probably the top names I'm paying attention to. So if we go through some of these, do you have any ideas? Do you have any predictions where Josh Bell ends up, where Andrew Benatendi ends up? Yeah, I mean, the Yankees need him, right? The Yankees need the outfielder. They need a guy who can be a left-handed bat in their lineup. I think he fits in perfectly, and I, I actually do think that he could fit into the New York bright lights as well. I don't really think that he seems like a guy who would be faced by that. I do like him going there. For Josh Bell, I've, I've had him going to the Mets, but the Brewers could use a bat. Uh, I think, I mean, you look at really any contending team right now, they could do that. But I would say the Brewers and the Mets could use Josh Bell the most. I like 
I like uh, any relief pitcher. I think, well, the Cardinals need help. The Cardinals need starting pitching. The Cardinals need bullpen help. They, all, they need that to even have a chance to surpass, I think, the Brewers in the National League Central. So those guys, I think, could help there. Um, yeah, I think those would probably be my top spots. But I, I, honestly, I, I think the team that does the best here at the deadline is going to be the team that has the most success in the postseason, and especially when you think about the arms. I think that we're all kind of forgetting, okay, bats are great, power's great, but when you get to the postseason, it's always about the pitching. They're used in different spots in unique ways, and you can never have enough of it, especially with the short and spring training. We're seeing different injuries, so I think that pitching, pitching, pitching and pitchers are my MVPs of the postseason this year. Uh, in the NL East, who do you think's better, the Mets or the Braves? <laughs> well, at this point, I, I am a little concerned that the Mets lost their 10-and-a-half-game lead over the last month or so to the Braves. I think the Braves have cooled off a little bit since gaining all that ground back. I think that the Mets are a better team right now, especially with the fact they are expecting to get Jacob DeGrom back. I think that they're the better team, but I I don't think that race is over by any means. I think that if you look at the Braves and their power, they are much more powerful than the Mets are. And I actually literally was just reading an article about that, Mike Petriello from MLB.com, writing about that essentially those teams that are out-homering their opponents are often and usually more successful than everybody else, especially in the postseason. So I think that if the Mets want to hold on to that spot, they're going to have to get a power bat. Are either of those teams on the same tier as the Dodgers, or do you think the Dodgers are far and away better than both of those in the NL? Far and away, no question about it. It's stunning to me that no matter what happens to the Dodgers injury-wise, <laughs> they continue to have the depth to make up for it. I'm like, where do you got you pull these guys out of a hat? Where do they come from? How do you continue to have all-star caliber players at every position no matter what happens? They're playing their brains out right now. Really special team. I know that they're probably hoping to get Dustin May back um, as well so that he can help in that rotation, come back from Tommy John, Tommy John surgery. Excuse me. So, yeah, the Dodgers for me are far and away, I think, the best team in the National League. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. They've had a lot of starting pitching injuries and concerns, but no worries. Tyler Anderson's got an ERA under <laughs> three. Tony Gonsolin's under three. Like, it's kind of absurd. Yeah, you looked at it, and, and you it's gaudy. It's really gaudy, and that's why they're really good, and that's why they are also continuously contending, and Dave Roberts can say something so wild, like, we're going to win the World Series, it's obvious. And he's, as he should, right? As a manager, you want your manager to be saying that and thinking that, even if even if you don't have all the pieces together. I mean, listen, they did take a blow to their starting rotation. You just said it. You know, Walker, Bueller, Kershaw was out for a while. And then you've got a couple guys in their bullpen, too. But it didn't really seem to matter. The lead they have, 11-and-a-half over the Padres right now. I don't see them losing that. And I, I would imagine they would add, like they did last year, to help them in the second half after the deadline to push. Because I think I think they're, they've been falling short. You know, they won in 2020, but they, they fall short. And I think that's got to be really frustrating when you've got their payroll and a team full of all-stars. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on the Mariners. They obviously have the 14 game winning streak, but is this a team that is like a wild card team this year and then it's really good in maybe 2023 or 2024? Or can they be really good this year? Like, could they be a legitimate contender this season? They're so 
sneaky good. No one seems to really be paying too much attention to them, even though you mentioned the win streak. They've got Julio Rodriguez. They've, they've got that big, sexy name for them now. I think that they're going to be – I think they're going to be a wild-card team this year. I don't think they're going to surpass the Astros right now. They're 12 games back in the American League West, but I do think they're going to be a wild-card team. I think that they are sneaky good, and the fact that they're just kind of handling their business right now – they're 7-3 and three in their last 10, and I think that they're a dangerous team. They've got these blue-collar guys. I said this this morning, like just blue-collar guys who get the job done. They don't necessarily have a team full of all-stars, and I think that that plays to their benefit and helps them out. They seem to be gelling really well with some of the younger guys, and I, I think what they're doing is going to carry them to a wild-card spot. Who knows what happens after that? I think the postseason is a clean slate for everybody, so maybe they come in and they start to do some damage because – They've been playing pretty consistently, and this, that's what matters in the second half, right? First half is over. No one really cares. You set yourself up in a good spot for the wild card, and now what can you do consistently to make sure you're going to play your best baseball in October? Do you believe there is some intangible reason as to why the Yankees can't beat the Astros? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think the Astros are a really, really good team, and – they, I think when you're hated by every single human being, not only in the state of New York, but across Major League Baseball, you probably are playing with a little bit of something extra on your shoulder. And they came, I mean, the series, you know, they had homes and away with the Mets and the Yankees before the break. And it was just really impressive what they do. I think Dusty Baker does a great job with that team and managing those guys. Uh, I don't, I couldn't pinpoint one reason or another, but they, they are the Yankees' daddies. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they just own <laughs> New York right now. Uh, is Astros-Dodgers the best possible World Series we could have? Mm, for TV ratings? Yes. <laughs> yeah. For TV ratings, yeah, I think that everybody would be feasting on that. I, I think that you could – I think you could throw the Yankees in there, too, though. I think they're just as an exciting team, and the storylines they have are just as exciting. I think it would be – a, a huge loss to not see the Yankees in the World Series after the season that they've had so far and what I think is going to be a pretty cool trade deadline for them depending on what they decide to do and who they get. But, yeah, I think that Astros and Dodgers always makes for great TV, especially with the history between those teams. But I think that the Yankees would fill in uh, very nicely as a QB2 for the World Series. All right, settle an argument that we've had a couple times. Who is the worst manager in baseball right now, and why is it Mike Matheny? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man, the Royals, they, the disappointment, the capital D for that team. I was pretty excited coming into this season for them and, and the possibilities that surrounded that team, but it's, it's been tough to watch. And, you know, they obviously they called up Bobby Witt Jr., and that saves the day a little bit. Uh, putting butts in seats, but yeah, I would say it's pretty disappointing in Kansas City, and the hopes were higher. The hopes were higher for the Tigers, too. Let's be honest, the American League Central, I think, is a little confusing. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I don't think anyone thinks the Twins are going to keep that top spot. I don't know how the Guardians have come out and had such a great season. They were expected to be terrible, so that's awesome for them. And then the White Sox are a bit disappointing, too, right now, but I would say, yeah, the the, the managers. Uh, I, I struggle with this one, but yeah, it's not great in Kansas City. Yeah, <laughs> told you, told you, it's not as bad as Tony La Russa, <laughs> though. Oh, 
Are you, is this a, wait, is this like a, oh, she's from St. Louis, so we need to, we've got to point out all the, the former Cardinals managers and, and what they're doing right now. We did not know you were from <laughs> St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, we had no, no. idea. No. Just, Jared, oh, there you go. Jared okay. is a Royals fan, so he does not like Mike Matheny. Oh. I just don't, I just can't believe Tony La Russa still has his job so far this season. Yeah, you know what? I will say that, too. I think that Tony Hall of Famer, right? We understand that. And, and what he's done and what he did in St. Louis is so special. And I, I, I do respect him and what he did. I just wonder if the White Sox could use uh, a fresh outlook <laughs> and somebody who can help guide that team to more success. And, and some of the decisions that he's made, I would wonder if someone else could come in. And I do think someone could do a better job. And this team would be a first place. All right, real quick, what 80-win team is making the playoffs? Ooh, wow. Well, expanded playoffs, okay, I like this. What 80-win team? The American League East is terrifying that they've got every team above 500. The Orioles are in fifth, and they're at 500 today. That's kind of amazing. You have to let me look through this for a quick second. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'd say the, the maybe the Giants? Okay. Yeah, that's what Giants? Three. Some combination of yeah. like Giants or Phillies or something in the in Giants the National or League. Phillies, I guess. So then maybe you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you the Rangers too. Oh, I don't know. Ooh, the Rangers. That would be a hell of a yeah, second half for the Rangers. All right. Back of a row. We have a better second half here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe that was really dumb, but I'm going to go with the Rangers <laughs> too. We'll throw we'll throw them in there. Who knows? Well, she is Danny Wax. Maybe they bring Kumar. Maybe Kumar Rocker comes up. Right I don't up. Know. I mean, like he's the he's the one guy I think he's, he's one or two guys I think that could do the Brandon Finnegan move and come up in the second half. I don't think they'd do that, but he would be a guy who I think could be ready to do it. I would be on board to watch Kumar pitch in the major leagues this season. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, she is Danny Wexelman yeah. again here on Sirius XM tomorrow, two to three, talking baseball. Danny, we appreciate your time. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a great day. So there is Danny Wexelman on Major League Baseball. And now we got tickets to give away. Two tickets to the Evolution Championship Series Arena Finals for 2022. That is August 5th through the 7th at Mandalay Bay. This is for the finals, the Evo Finals. Uh, Evo Championship Series represents the world's largest and longest-running fighting game tournament with the best players from around the globe. Players and fans gathered Evo in open bracket competitions that determine the world champion. So two tickets, August 7th at Mandalay Bay to the Evo Championship Series Arena Finals. Jared, you want caller 11 again? All right, not 31. Caller 11, 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to the Evo Championship Series Finals. That's 702-364-1100. Yeah, I I despise red carpets. Um, I I can't stand them. You know, we went to the ESPYs on the the 20th and my wife and I said, this might be the last one we ever do. So let's just enjoy this first and last one because we absolutely, I hate getting dressed up. You're locked in the press box. I agree with Cooper Cup. I would not want to go to the ESPYs either. Congratulations uh, to Drew. Good job, Drew. Uh, he's got tickets to go to the Evo World Series Finals out at Mandalay Bay in August. Um, Bet you combine two of our giveaways. Possibly. There's a good chance. Uh, Danny's in studio. Um, and Danny, all I've been told is that you want to talk about the lights, and I am on board. What do you got? Before we get to that... Does, They're in a playoff spot. Does Cooper Cup's hate for red carpet go so far that he doesn't have any red carpet in his house? 
I'm confused. Do most people have red carpet in their house? Well, maybe not carpet, but like uh, like rugs or something. I have a red area rug. Do you think he's against red rugs? I will often take pictures. No, of I think myself. I think based on that quote, he's against wearing like nice clothes. Yeah, he he wants to wear sh- he wants to wear sports shorts. Yeah, twenty four hours a day. I mean, Which they is... make they make suits with shorts. It's still there's a lot of layers. It's no, it's still not fun. Like top five reason why I love doing sports radio. I do not have to dress nice. There is not a moment in my job where I have to put on something that is remotely considered nice clothing. It is always funny. So anytime they announce, well, every time they announce a new basketball coach for uh, UNLV, you see Ed Grady in like a in a blazer and his hair is done and he's not wearing a baseball hat. And then Tyler walks in literally wearing like sports capri pants and a T-shirt. And he's just like... Why are all you idiots dressed up? Right? It's basketball. Come on. Let's calm down over here. He He's dressed in case a pickup game breaks out. At hey, all times. You never know. Yeah. And not because I'm ready to play, just because that's the most comfortable thing to wear. I don't know why you'd wear uncomfortable clothing. It's stupid. I don't know why suits exist. I don't get it. Because everyone looks good in one. They, they're uncomfortable. But everyone looks good in uh, one. Not everyone. No, that's that's literally what it is. It's like women have to like find a dress that they look good in. Men, we figured it out. We all look good in this, and that's what we're going to wear. We didn't figure out anything. They're uncomfortable. If they were comfortable, we would have had it figured out, but they're not. And it has to be sized to you. Right. It has to be tailored. If you show up in a suit that doesn't doesn't fit you, you look like an idiot. Okay, that's fair, but it's like just find your size. It's going to be a black suit. Wear a tie. We've got it. That's it. And you better hope you don't gain or lose weight after you do that because I made that mistake. Mm -hmm. Well, Did that's... you get fat or get skinny? I got fat. Oh, yeah. I lost, brutal. I lost like 45 pounds right before the pandemic, and then I got... Well, 45? I at, yeah. Did I know you before the pandemic? No. But yeah, I was almost 230, and I got all the way down to 180, and then while I was at UNLV, because I did a sports show that was on TV and all that, I had to wear a suit, and I got it tailored. And they were like, all right, this will fit, but if you gain or lose more than 10 pounds, it won't fit you. And I gained another 30 back, so I had to get a new suit. See, I just stopped doing drugs, so none of my suits fit. What did you eat? What did we're you We're not going to get to the lights. What do you, okay, what's your question about the lights? <laughs> Have either of you ever had the urge to get spit on? I don't know no. where this question's going. Llamas. The, uh, close. The lights will be having a camel out at their game tomorrow that you can feed and pet. Oh, I fed their llama. Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do play on a Wednesday. That's yep. right. I've fed their llama before. He also scooped its poop. Yeah, I had to scoop up its poop. How was that? Well, I actually didn't get to scoop its poop because it didn't poop on the field. So for once, but you were the in first line time to do it. In line, it was a promotion with the team. Yeah, we I had, had a we bucket. Had, with yeah, we our had a logo, logo on it. On it. Because the first the first ever lights game, they had the llamas on the field, and during the anthem, the llama pooped during the anthem on the field, and they had to like hurriedly run out there and pick up the poop. So we did a lights a sponsorship with the pooper scooper, and unfortunately, <laughs> the llama did not poop during the anthem. Would have been better if it did, but that's, no. That's a very interesting. Uh, oh, it's great. Promotion. I mean, it's on it's on brand with the show at the time. It was great. If the llama had pooped, it would have been better, but the llama didn't come through. We were trying to feed it up. I guess we could have given it llama laxatives. 
That's true. But we were trying to fatten it up before the game with some hay or whatever we were feeding it, and it didn't end up pooping. So that was unfortunate. Well, that's a bummer. Maybe yeah. reach out to them and you can get the camel poop tomorrow. The camel poop? I'm not interested in the camel poop. Not I'll be I will be gone the rest of this week. I will be in Mississippi. I will be picking up other animals' poops there at my go. mother's house. Uh, that will be unfortunate. I don't even know if she picks it up. She probably composted or something. She's probably waiting until you get there. Oh, there's a to-do list you. ready to go. 